What's going on out there, everybody? Hope everybody's staying empowered and staying motivated. Welcome to another episode of Generation Dap. On today's episode, we are going to be, or I am going to be, commemorating the 10th anniversary of J. Cole's uh, landmark mixtape slash album, The Warm Up. And we're also going to pay homage to the late, great, great Tupac Amaru Shakur. So let's first start with uh, talking about The Warm Up. After I talk about the warm-up, I want to talk about my favorite rapper and who I still believe is the greatest rapper of all time, and we'll go from there. Now, let's start with uh, the warm-up. Now, for those who kind of know me, you know, if you know me over the last 10 years, that I'm a pretty big J. Cole fan. Or Or I can say I was a very big J. Cole fan. I'm still a J. Cole fan. Not to the degree that I used to be. I was I was approaching stand level, but I'm not there anymore. Um, but with that being said, I need to be transparent. J. Cole's The Warm Up, I definitely heard about it almost a year, maybe about six to eight months after it came out. Um, but I'm, I'm confident in saying that I was one of the few people on my college campus that knew about it. And as soon as I found out about how dope J. Cole was, I made sure everybody I knew knew about him. Um, so... Let's kind of talk a little bit about how I found out about them. So it was the year was 2010 and I was with my little brother at home. It might have been during winter break and it was right around the time I was about to have to go back from winter break. And my younger brother, who's an MC, you know, he kind of knew about all the dope rappers. And I think he was just searching YouTube or searching some of the blogs. And he was like, man, there's this dude named J. Cole and his his stuff is just really cold. And I was like, all right. And, And I'll never forget I want to say the first song he played me was um, J. Cole's Freestyle Over Dead Presidents. And this was the version that was on the warm up. And I'm not going to lie to y'all. When he had that line, overcame a low life status to blow like Gladys ahead of my time like I lived my whole life backwards. Oh, man. When he spit that line, I was like, oh, man, I got to check this dude out. And then I heard uh, J. Cole's uh, version of I Really Mean It, the, the beat that the diplomats used to just annihilate back in the day to Just Blaze beat. And when I heard those two freestyles, basically, I was kind of sold on dude, and I became a fan. And um, from there, I just started going down the, the rabbit hole, so to speak, just looking up a lot of his old freestyles and things. And that's when I found out about the warm-up. Um, and this is around the time that Dat Piff and uh, live mixtapes and things were big. So I might I want to say it was live mixtapes where I heard it from, and I heard the whole thing. Yeah, now the, the picture's in my mind. But I downloaded it in the, in the school campus uh library not the ctm building for my fvsu people but the other one by the library and i would put my headphones in and i would listen to it and uh from there man i was a j cole fan and this is like 2010 and uh i was you know i would tell my friends about him i'm like man it's this dude j cole man and he's he's gonna blow up man he's ill and in college there were two people i talked about a lot one of them was bob because when i came to college in 2007 bob was starting to blow up and it was J. Cole. And with J. Cole, when I heard the warm-up, I was sold. Friday Night Lights is what got a lot of people sold. And they don't want to admit it. All these these uh, Cole fans and Super Cole fans, they don't want to admit that they really didn't know about the warm-up. And I can be honest enough to say that I found out about the warm-up late and that I didn't hear him when the come-up was out. So I'm not going to act like I'm a super, 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 super big fan. But I was on the wave at a decent time. Anyway, um... From the warm-up, you know, the, the success of the warm-up kind of led to J. Cole dropping that single, Who That? And I want to say around the time of the warm-up, this is the Blueprint 3, 
And then this is when he had his verse on a star is born off the uh, Jay-Z uh, blueprint three. And when he dropped that verse, that's really when people found out like, oh, man, he's ill. Now, mind you, this is the time where Wale is still, you know, I think that this time Wale was was rocking with Rock Nation. He was rocking with them. And Wale had dropped attention deficit in 2009. And J. Cole was featured on Beautiful Bliss. He had a crazy verse on Beautiful Bliss. Then he had a crazy verse on The Star is Born. So J. Cole's, his, his platform started to rise from there. Now, I was doing a little bit of research when discussing this album, and I didn't realize the whole story of the warm-up. And I think it's some stuff that you should listen to and look up on your own when you get a moment, but I'll brief it. Um, for those that know, J. Cole went to St. John's in New York, and... Ibrahim is his manager slash yeah he helped him start Dreamville and they went to school together he kind of played an AR role for J. Cole helping J. Cole to uh, kind of get the come up created and the come up was his mixtape that he dropped in 2007 and when he dropped the come up the success of the come up led him to get a couple record nods and Mark Pitts I believe is the manager's name who got him in front of Jay-Z and he just told him look you got to put together a stellar project and at the time that project was the warm-up um and according to how ibrahim and and them say it the warm-up was going to be some just it was going to be freestyles and then when so far gone came out in 2009 as well so far gone made them feel like they had to change it and they had to because it did mixtapes then became albums and it kind of changed the face of it so they changed the way they did the warm-up and it went from just strictly being uh it went strictly from being an, a mixtape with freestyles to kind of album songs as well. And Lights Please was one of the big ones. Now, I think Lights Please, I think Lights Please is one of the, this is the song that probably made J. Cole famous. I think that's the song J. Cole signed, uh, Jay-Z signed him off of. So it's a definitely a big song. It's not my personal favorite as, as much anymore, but at the time it was really big to me. I think it's a great story. Um, but anyway, moving forward. So with the warm up and those verses that he was having and all his like notoriety, he started getting that buzz. So in 2010, he dropped Who That. And I remember when Who That came out because I'm so excited. Now, mind you, 2009, I'm excited for a number of reasons. I'm 20 years old in college. Drake has just dropped so far gone. I heard I found out about him March in 2009. And then Best I Ever Had comes out. And then my 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 legend, the legend Kanye West helps him with the video. So I'm over here so happy. Then I look at the video, I'm like, oh, the video's subpar. But I see Drake is about to blow up. So 2009, Drake. And then Cole is at the same time. So 2010 comes, he drops Who That. I'm telling people, like, yo, man, this dude, Cole is so dope, da-da-da. And I can specifically remember one of my friends, and I won't say his name, but when Who That came out, he was like, I mean, it's not even really hot like that. Like, homie's really mediocre. And I'm talking about people was just really not, not dealing with it. Now, mind you, I think Cole was trying to figure out how to make a hit single because he was he wasn't at the point where he wanted to compromise his art to make singles. And I mean, eventually he learned how to give people the best of both worlds. But needless to say, who that got a lukewarm reception right now from who that Cole works on his next projects and then he releases Friday Night Light free. Wanted that to be the album, but releases it free. Oh, my God. This is when everything changed and everybody's like, oh, my God, bro. If you ain't rocking with Cole, you're not a real one. And that's when it it really started happening. And for me, I was like Friday Night Lights was Friday Night Lights took everything with the warm up to a new level. But for me, I'm always going to have that respect for the warm up because that was my introduction to him. Friday Night Lights. If that would have been an album, Friday Night Lights, if that would have been his debut album, we can only imagine. But 
needless to say, from the warm-up is when I began my fandom, and it just grew over the years. And, you know, when he did the Dollar in the Dream tour in Atlanta and he just randomly announced the dates, uh, me and one of my good friends, we literally stayed, we stand, we stood out in the heat all day from like 11 or 12 a.m. or in the afternoon until about 10 o'clock that night to get into that concert just to hear songs off of the warm-up and hear songs off Friday Night Lights. So, you know, I say all this to say, I've been a big Cole fan. You know, for me, hearing somebody who went to college rap about the, the struggles of college and rap about the everyday man struggle, it was great, man. And I'm I'm not going to lie. He was, in a lot of ways, I could see so much of the influence of Kanye. And for me, he was kind of like a second coming to Kanye, and but in a different way, you know, and I, and I, I appreciate it and I was ready for it. So with that being said, though, I think the big thing to talk about is the out uh the mixtape itself and what songs impressed me now i'll be honest that the warm-up has so many great songs but i'm going to try to list the five that i think are the most important and then from there i'm going to talk about the honorable mentions now the first one and i'm not going to even say in particular order well you know what, that's fine i'm not going to rank them but can i live is one of the most important songs on that album without a doubt without a doubt you know, as much as I like everything on this, Can I Live sets the pace for it. Because I swear you I'm like Huey Mix with Riley. Thursday, I be trying to save the world. And then on Friday, I hit the club, hoping that my dick get rubbed by some fat asses. Niggas get to scrapping and you hear the gats blasting. Like, he really tells that the, the dilemma of trying not to be the very thing that you hate. Like, what he talked about on Lights, Please. Like, one minute he's trying to say something real deep. Next minute, she's trying to do something freaky. And he's kind of like... Well, I guess you got to have balance. In the meantime, hit the lights. You know, like we could talk about that deep stuff. We could try to save the world or we could just enjoy the moment. And I think this album really epitomizes it the best. More black singing, more blues. Poor dude. He was young, like 21. Straight up out the city I was from. A little smart dude, but as young as they were dumb. He didn't even get a chance to run before he hit a gun. Man. And then he tell God... I ain't trying to, I, Lord, I ain't ready to go. Can I live? That's that, that's that minister society moment where Cain is like, did they act, when they asked me, was I ready to live or die? I didn't know. And now I know and it's too late. That moment is encapsulated and can I live? Then I got my first little taste of paper and then I splurged. I guess it's just that nigga urge. Like, am I living to get paid? Just slave for a wage all week. I can't do no nine to five. Tell my mama, sorry. I can't do no suit and tie. No, I want the glory. If you knew me, knew my life was like a movie star in me. Pardon me if it seems that I'm living off my dreams. I ain't reading off the script that they pick for me. I ain't pissed. Nah, couldn't give a shit hardly. I be shitting on them niggas that be shitting on me. Like, Cole is really telling the whole story of how, how I felt. And it was just so relatable. So, Can I Live, you know, excuse the language, but it is what it is. Can I Live is, is arguably one of the best songs on there. So that's one of my favorite. Uh, and that's a song. That's not really a freestyle. That's a song. So that's that's definitely one. Um, just to get by. If you know me, you know I'm a super big Ye fan. But I'm also a big Quali fan. Just to get by by Quali. When I heard this in high school, I want to say the Quality album came out in 2005, I want to say. Hip-hop fans, check me if I'm wrong. But needless to say, I didn't even know Kanye did the beat. And this is a year after. Oh, is it? No. Let me see. No, quality was 2002. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Forgive me. 
Beautiful Struggle might have been 05. Okay, Quality is 2002. Yeah, this is before Ye came out. And he did the beat. And I, Ye was in the video, and I didn't even know who Ye was back then. So, anyway, I was a big Quali fan after I heard Get By. And that beat is legendary, and the way Quali wrote it is legendary. And so, this is one of my favorite songs on there because of the lyrics that J. Cole was saying. When a brother took a chance and came to Big City, my beat machine, the only thing that I brought with me. Like Bobby and Whitney, we was out there cooking crack, but them 15 credits had a brother off track. Picture that. Best rapper since Lil Wayne with his bachelors. Like, oh, like dog. Some of the lyrics. I practiced to that shit made perfect. They served it to the people on the silver platter. Now, where's the ladder? Because either you going to whine or you going to cry. I chose the ladder. No, you haters is pissed. Hold your bladder, though, before you get tossed like a forward lateral. Come on, y'all. J. Cole just, just giving you them, them bars and them lyrics that you just need for you to be able to be good. So, you know, I think just to get by the way he, he wrote the beat and his, his, I guess you want to say his lyrical dexterity, it was so apparent on that track. And so that's definitely um, one of my favorite tracks on there. Uh, let me see. What, what are some other ones that I got? Okay. Uh, of course, the Dead Presence Freestyle. So... If you listen to the Dead Presidents track, one of the things that you're going to hear on there is he originally had did a version of Dead Presidents, and a guy he read in the blog was like, yo, man, you could have went hard on that. And so he did a retake of it. And wow, man, that second verse on Dead Presidents, wow, freedom or jail, you choose, heaven or hell, you lose. I can't lie, I'm as hot as the devil's shoes, overcame a low life status to blow like Gladys, ahead of my time, like I live my whole life backwards. I'm nothing like these whole like rappers. <sighs> what it's like to be LeBron. They calling you the savior. So much pressure, but you deal with it. The weight of your world, the weight of the world on your shoulders, but you still lift it. Come on, y'all. Nobody taught us how to cook. Still brothers is warming, no charming. Try not to call them ladies bees, but them hoes swarming. <laughs> Come on, y'all. J. Cole on that dead presidents. If you haven't heard it, man. And he said a line, headed for fame, but in my mind, can I last for this? In five years, I probably laugh at this. And now looking back 10 years, I'm like, wow, can he handle the fame? 10 years later, people call him Cole the GOAT. And, you know, there's still some debate because you still got Drake and you still got K-Dot and Big Sean and everybody else out. But it's crazy because people are still debating whether or not he's the greatest. And it's crazy for me because I look back 10 years later and realize that Crit was here came out 10 years ago. And mind you, I knew about J. Cole, and I didn't know about Big Crit until a year after that, in 2011. And they're both from the South, but I think the cosign that Cole got and the way he rapped was so marketable to an East Coast audience as opposed to Crit, but that's for another argument. Anyway, Can I Live is a classic, Just to Get By Freestyle, The Dead President's Freestyle. Now, Get Up. Let's Let's be honest. <laughs> If Get Up is not one of your top five off this um, mixtape or album, yeah, you need to redo your top five. Get Up is is probably one of the best J. Cole songs in his whole career. And I'm going to stand by that. I, I stand by that. Because that second verse, when he's talking about the political system, like, I don't even want to go through and rap the whole thing, but it's so many lines up there. We raising babies up in Hades where it ain't no hope. Ain't no fathers. Don't take no scholarship to slang no dope. Politicians hollering about voting, but I ain't gonna vote. Keep talking change. Still, we floating in the same old boat. Now tell me how I'm supposed to feel when the president spoke. 
when he ain't never had to struggle, ain't never been broke, ain't even rolled through the ghetto, ain't never been close. Trusting his government like trusting the devil in oats, a rebel with quotes. Now get up. Lifestyles of the young, black, and reckless. A generation of niggas strapped and asking questions like, tell me why I ain't got shit. I let this liquor fill my liver with these toxins as I spit, as I sip. Come on, y'all. J. Cole verse on there. Farewell to the broke days and bonjour to the most paid. Soon as my dough straight, I throw the wifey in some dolce and put some chains on my brothers like they own slaves. Come on, y'all. J. Cole really killed it. I'm a provide for my seed. I'm the soil. I teach him about loyalty. I tell him that his skin black like oil. That's for royalty. Show him all the things that my pops was never showing me. Treat him like a treat him like a growing tree with his poetry. Come on, y'all. Needless to say, I get up. And when he when he had that that verse in the hook where he was like, and even if I'm a got and even if I got to crawl, I'm gonna make it to the end, though. And to the top, if I climb my way, I just felt that in my soul. Like I used to listen to that song and cry. Because I was, you know, that desperation to want to be great and to succeed. You know, I felt that. And uh, when I heard it in 2010, you know, for me, I'm like almost 21 at this point. And, you know, I just went through some challenging experiences, needless to say. And it just connected with me because I just felt that hunger to to want to be great and to succeed in spite of all the obstacles in front of you. So I Get Up is, is one of the greatest songs out there. Um, and then last, it was hard, but I'm going to have to say the baddest. The Badness, um, not The Badness, The Badness. Now, mind you, Omen was featured on his track, and I liked his verse, but I didn't know who Omen was. And Omen, if you guys aren't familiar, I want to say he's from Chicago, rapper from Chicago that signed to Dreamville. His Elephant Eyes debut album was very good. I don't know if it got the sample clearances, so it's just for free on SoundCloud. But if you haven't heard Omen's Elephant Eyes, you should hear it. Things Change, that song with him and J. Cole, Sweat It Out, featuring Ari Lennox. Those are some good songs on there. Father Figure. So, And I think he got Paranoia on there with Boss, the genius. And Boss is another rapper on Dreamville. And if you're not familiar with Boss, you need to do your research. He's a Sudanese rapper from... Where in New York is he from? I, can't, I don't want to get it wrong. But I want to say Brooklyn, but I could be wrong. Anyway, moving forward. The Badness. Y'all, do you know how many times his bars in there have been like those little quotable wallpapers? Believe in God like the sun up in the sky. Science can tell us how. It can't tell us why. I seen a baby cry. Then seconds later, she laughed. The beauty of life. The pain never lasts. Come on, y'all. You say I'm easily distracted. I think the problem is I'm easily attracted to the dark side. The temptation got me wondering where my heart lie. I'm trying to separate my feelings like apartheid. But yo, the liquor keep calling. I try to walk with God, but the devil keep following. Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. You guys can talk about the albums by J. Cole you love, and, I'm, and I won't dispute it. But the hunger and the honesty and the introspection on this album and on the badness, that's one of J. Cole's deepest songs. And Omen, I won't even lie like I remember all of Omen's verse, but I just remember how, how after Cole killed that, his mood was just so somber, and he rolled with the song. So just to kind of rehab that. Can I live just to get by? Dead presidents, get up in the badness. Those are the top five tracks off that mixtape slash album to me. Now the honorable mentions. Hold it down. If my heart stopped pumping tomorrow, don't feel no sorrow. Cause life is hard mentally, and things ain't what they meant to be. Sometimes if I was gone, I ask myself who would remember me. It's hard to tell. Oh well, sit back and sip this Hennessy. Now lately it's been hard to tell my friends from my enemies. Because plenty of people show me love, but in their hearts, they envy me. Wow. 
Come on, y'all. Hold it down. If you need a problem with me, don't hesitate to call. It ain't a problem. I'll be there. Like, that. that is the play this cold, play this song when I die now. Even at the end when he talks about his girl. You, you can tell that the woman that he was dealing with, that he's married to now, he loved her. But I think he's also seeing himself on the cusp of, am I going to be able to have her and have the world? And when you listen to his albums, that becomes a constant theme. For me, the reason why uh, Born Center is my favorite album is because it just relates to where he was in life, but it relates to where I was in life. Like when he talked about like Runaway and She Knows, if you don't really listen to those tracks, you really won't understand it. But Runaway, it's I love this woman. But sometimes I just want to run away from the responsibility of having to be what she wants me to be. I want to be free and I want to be who I want to be. But I have somebody that's good in my life. And, you know, I could just relate to it because at the time I was with somebody and in my head, I just felt like I was too young for what I want for for that to be the end. And I loved that person, but I knew it was just too much. So when I heard this song, I just felt it and I could just resonate with it. You know, I, I wasn't famous, but just the I really want to be out here doing my thing, but I got this person here. You know, now and eventually he worked his way through it. But anyway, Hold It Down is one of my honorable mentions. And Losing My Balance, he also talks about her too, but that's not my honorable mention. My honorable mentions are Hold It Down and Ladies. Now, Ladies, <laughs> Cole is just spitting some some hot verse. Beautiful ladies. And that hook, <laughs> Man, he just, he's spitting some stuff that I ain't gonna spit because I might have some of my students listening. But Ladies is one of the tracks off there where you gotta listen to. And he's really just killing it. And there's some other tracks on there. Anything on there that you listen to is gonna be good. His Till Infinity verse, everything on there. The Water Break freestyle, Knock Knock. It's a lot of things on there. But those are my J. Cole takes. With that being said, J. Cole is always gonna be one of my favorite rappers. Um, I, I, you know, like anybody, I understand people have to change and people have to grow and their fans have to grow. Sometimes people make it hard for me to like his music. Sometimes he makes it hard for me to like the new direction he's going into. But for what he's done for me and, and helped me to, to attach and his, the emotion I feel when I was in his music, I appreciate it. And there's so many songs that people may not listen to as much that that uh, resonate with me, you know. And so, with for that being said, thank you, J. Cole, for the warm-up. That's one of the best mixtapes ever. One of the best mixtapes of 2009. So, thank you. Um, now, with that being said, we got to get into who I believe, who's my favorite rapper of all time, and who I believe is still arguably the greatest rapper of all time. Now, for people that know me, a lot of, well, people who, who seem to know me, they know that Tupac is my favorite rapper. That's that's who I stand for. Um now, if you also know me, you know Kanye West is is arguably right after him or tied with him, and for for different reasons because they represented different things to me. Uh, if you know my pension with Tupac, you know even when I was like five or six, I was like a big Tupac fan. Um, and let me see, born in '89, he died in '96. So, you know by this by this time when I'm like seven, and Pac dies, you know he's still. This is like around the time where Changes is like one of the first records I really hear from him and really kind of understand. And for me, it was just the emotion. And uh, I have this argument with people all the time, and, and people always say that rap is about ability and skill. And I always tell people the, the point of lyrics is to convey feelings. Now, how you go about choosing to convey the lyrics or convey feelings is up to you. 
You know, I, I could always respect with Biggie how the the lyrical prowess, his ability to play with flows and play with tones and make words rhyme. And I, I think that's cool. And I think the thing I always appreciated about Pac is that he could do that, I think. But his thing was more so, I just want you to feel this in your soul. And I think we're in a time where we struggle to find anything that's going to really make us feel. And when I hear a lot of music these days, I don't really feel anything. And, you know, it's meant to make you feel like on some on a base level, like I, I feel like fucking, I feel like dancing, like, you know, I feel like fighting and punching. And that's cool. But Tupac is like the only artist where I listen to his music and it, it can make me cry. It can make me feel convicted. And, you know, that's that's for me why I love him. And I mean, just also he's also got the type of legacy that's just mythical. man. it's the thing of myths like your mom is a Black Panther. She conceives you in prison. You know what I'm saying? Everybody in your family is a Black Panther, so you've got that social impetus to want to change things. And, you know, at the same time, though, you you grew up poor, and people mistreated you and didn't see the value in you. And once you got your way in the industry, you kept it in the industry being a political person. You made very political, angry, aggressive music, and then all of a sudden, you know, the direction of the music changes. Like, you know, I look at Strictly For My Niggas and I look at Tupacalypse and those are very revolutionary albums, you know? And I look at Holla If You Hear Me, you know, Holla If You Hear Me, even the history of that. And I mean, if you're a real, if you're an older Pac fan and you can fill in these gaps if I'm wrong, but from my knowledge, you know, Holla If You Hear Me came after he got assaulted by the Oakland Police Department, you know, for jaywalking. And he got his face messed up. He got his face slammed into the concrete. And that's when he dropped Holly, if you hear me. That's when he started having all his political issues. You know, when the dude killed the state trooper and said that Tupac's uh, Soldier's Revenge song made him do it. And Dan Quayle and Bill Clinton and them was coming at him about how his music was encouraging violence. That's when I was like, wow. And then I look at Me Against the World. Then he gets the, the sexual abuse uh, charge. And then with Me Against the World, that is like the first rap album or really I think one of the first albums where the rap where the the artist has a number one while in prison. This dude is at the top of his career. He's got Madonna and all these other people reaching out to him. You know what I'm saying? He hit Madonna too, but we're gonna leave that alone. <laughs> but this is the stuff of legend. This man had shootouts with police and got acquitted. This man got shot five times and lived. And I mean the five times, you know, we can we can go into maybe you know, the others are maybe he shot himself and all those things. But the main thing is just the type of life he lived and the impact that it had on other people. He dropped a double album a year out of prison and outsold everybody who was currently out. And when I say everybody, I'm talking about Biggie, too. And Biggie's at his first album. And Biggie, you know, as much as people love Biggie, he wasn't out selling Pac in his life. I'm just telling the truth. Now, I say this on the heels of, I got to look at it, but the Black Coffee episode by Mark Lamont Hill, where he said Tupac was the most overrated rapper ever. I'm sure there are people who feel that way. Those people are looking at it from one perspective. They're looking at lyrical, what they would consider lyrical dexterity. And I think that's cool. But I don't also think people are not being honest with themselves. Lyrical dexterity is not what people really, really say they want. Because if that's really the case, the biggest rappers in the world will be the people who are the most lyrical. Quali is not one of the biggest rappers in the world. You know, and what people do is they're going to diminish what you do and they're going to put different titles on it. Like, people will call what Tupac did poetry. They won't call what Biggie did poetry, even though it's arguably the exact same thing. 
when you really get down to the bare bones of it, people say Common is a poet. Tupac is a poet. Well, Biggie was a rapper. What is poetry? Isn't Nas being studied at universities? Isn't Tupac being studied at universities? Isn't there rhyme scheme in there? Isn't there structure? Aren't there the other elements of a poem? So when we get into these little nuances to try to limit and diminish and put people over people, I'm like, it's really all subjective. If you feel like Pac is overrated, that's fine. Now, that being said, the role that Pac played in my life, Pac showed me the power of a person's life and emotion. And I always felt something when I heard it. And it always made me feel my real self. It made me feel strong. And he just made, he was like black machismo. You know what I'm saying? And and I think that's important because I never really saw coming up. I never really saw viable black role models because I wasn't the toughest dude. I wasn't the strongest dude. And something we don't want to admit is black boys are only really taught to be strong. There is no real, what, what black men do you looked at that had emotional balance and that was still strong? You didn't really see it. And black women, whether unconsciously or subconsciously, consciously or unconsciously, they raised you to fit into that same paradigm. And if you didn't, it wasn't per se that you were ostracized. It was just more so I don't really know how to view you. I don't know what bucket to put you in. You know what I'm saying? So, but with that being said, I could talk all day about what Pac meant for me. What I'm going to do is the same thing I just did with Cole. I'm going to talk about five records that I think are his most important records and I'm going to do honorable mentions. Now, mind you, it's hard to just pick five and I might even look back later and say I missed some better ones, but these are just my five based off how I feel now. Now, number one is Staring at the World Through My Review. That is one of Pac's definitive songs to me. That is one of the greatest songs ever made to me. I frequently say, you know, when I eventually leave the earth, I want Staring at the World Through My Review being played by people. That's just it. And for me, when, you know, when I hear staring at the world through my review, it, I shed a tear every single time. I do, you know, uh, because it's just the emotions. Heavenly Father, I'm a soldier. I'm getting high because the world's getting colder. Baby, let me hold you. Like, and, you know, at the end, you know, money rule the world. Bitches make the world go round. Real niggas do what they want to do. Bitch niggas do what they can. That is it. And when he's saying looking at the world through the reviews, like we don't already mastered the rules of the world. We know what this is about, you know, and I will never understand the society. If they try to murder me, then they lie to me. Product of a dying breed. All my homies trying weed. Now the little baby's craze raised off Hennessy. Like, come on, y'all. I give a holler to my brothers in the darkest corners. Roll a perfect blunt and let me spark it for you. Come on, yeah. To the end, my friends, I'm seeing nothing but my dreams coming true while I'm staring at the world through my rear view. Now, I was raised as a young black male in order to get paid, forced to make crack sales. Wow. That's one of the defending Pac records. I'm, I'm not going to. I'm going to leave it at that. Staring at the world through my rear view is one of Pac's best songs, in my opinion. We can disagree, but that's my opinion. Uh, after that, in no particular order, only God can judge me now. Now, if you know me, you know that my favorite Tupac album is Me Against the World. It is. I think that's his best work. All Eyes on Me, though, is probably the one that most people will say is his best work. Or some people may even go back and say Strictly for My Niggas. I've heard that. I've heard other people say, you know, uh, the Machiavelli, uh, Don Caluminati, whichever one. For me, Me Against the World is my favorite. But Only God Can Judge Me Now, I quote that probably every year. 
I'd rather die like a man than live like a coward. There's a ghetto in heaven and it's ours. Wow. Come on. Dear Lord, can you save me? And F the streets because the and F peace because the streets got our babies. We need to eat. No more hesitation. Each and every black male strapped. And they wonder why we suicidal running around strapped. Come on, y'all. That that is vintage pop. So, you know, only God can judge me is, is one of those. And it's one of those things that became a everybody was getting that tattoo for a long time. And uh, so only God can judge me now is one of my favorites. Um, aside from only God can judge me now is smile. You know, and I and there's some debate over the order of it. But smile is his record with Scarface. Scarface also is super underrated. You know, and I remember uh, when people say he's the real king of the South, whatever. He said he didn't want the title. But Scarface is arguably, arguably, arguably the greatest MC from the South. Arguably. And I'm not going to do the whole Andre 3K because every time y'all mention Andre 3000 and don't mention Big Boy, I have an issue with that. Because they wouldn't be what they would be without both. And if you can't see that, that is an example. Because what you're doing is you're being subjective. You're looking at a delivery to suggest that one person is outright better. When that's just not true. Moving forward. Now. Tupac's verses on Smile, uh, Smile is one of his definitive records. That's also one when I shared a tear. Here's a message to the newborns waiting to breathe. You believe, then you can't achieve. Just look at me. Against all odds, though life is hard, we carry on. Living in a project broke with no lights on. To all MCs that follow me, protect your essence. Born with less, but you're still precious. Wow. Somebody help me. Lost and crazy. Scared to drop a seed. Feeling I done curse my babies. Maybe now, brothers, feel me now. Witness my pain. Embrace my words. Make the words change. Make the world change. And still I smile. Come on. I ain't going to do no more of the verse. And, and Scarface had a classic verse on that. But Tupac smile and he had himself on the cross. That's, that's one of the definitive ones. Smile is one of Tupac's greatest records. Uh, picture me rolling. <laughs> picture me rolling. Yee. Me and my boy, we always do that. Yee. Because that part is the best part. And uh, let's just say, that his homie's verse on there was whack, but I love Tupac. He would put one of his homies on the verse, and it wouldn't even be good, but he just, that's how low he was. I got keys coming from overseas. That, that verse was terrible. <laughs> but picture me rolling in my 500 bands. I got no love for these niggas. There's no need to be friends. They got me under surveillance. I swear somebody could tell them. No, it's dope being sold, but I ain't the one selling. Come on, y'all. Tupac's verse on Picture Me Rolling. And then at the end, when he shouts out, let me do a roll call. Can you see me? Can the host see me now? Picture Me Rolling. <laughs> you felt that. You had to feel that. So sometimes when I be in my little funk and I be down, I be like, don't let me get up. Because I swear I'm be like, can you see me? Picture Me Rolling, baby. And so Picture Me Rolling is one of his definitive records on there. Uh, and I mean, I hate that. I hate that. Death Row is where he ended his career at, but they bailed him out of jail. He had a three-year sentence, and, you know, I knew, you know, when you read the accounts of it, he was just not doing well in jail, and so he jumped at that opportunity. He was willing to sell away. I think they were saying initially when Suge offered him the deal, he was willing to sell away the rights to his previous album just to get out of jail anyway. So, you know, it was necessary for him to give us that body of work and and that body of music. So, But Picture Me Rolling is probably the fourth one. And then the last, the last one is Death Around the Corner. And it's not per se that the message is so great, but it's just, it's the, the rawness. I was raised in the city, shitty ever since I was a itty-bitty kitty drinking liquor out of my mama's titty. 
and smoking weed was an everyday thing in my household and drinking liquor till you out cold. Wow. I see death around a corner. Gotta stay hot while I survive in the city where the skinny niggas die. Come on, y'all. And then Jay-Z uses in the city where the skinny niggas die. You know, you know, even though they had beef, he definitely used a lot of pop lyrics. And me and my girlfriend was definitely a... You got that from Pac, but we gonna leave that alone. Because Jay-Z's probably the the current goat. He's the living goat right now. So, but those are my five favorite Tupac songs um, as of now. Now, my honorable mentions is So Much Pain or Pain. They'll never take me alive. I'm getting high with my four five. Cocked on these suckers, time to die. If I want to be correct, Pain was in the Above the Rim soundtrack. Above the Rim soundtrack is arguably one of the greatest soundtracks, too. Like they said, 90s. All the movie soundtracks were like albums and they were legendary because the Above the Rim soundtrack had Regulate on it and it had so much pain. It had some other classics on there. Uh, so pain is one of them. Pour Out a Little Liquor is actually one of my honorable mentions too. I don't know why. Like he lyrically, it wasn't that he was really killing it, but it's, it's just the beat and what he's saying, you know. <sighs> wow. I don't know, man. That's just one of my favorite. And I'm trying to go to some lyrics, but I started young, kicking dust, man. Living records, watch about for around my mom. You couldn't cuss, man. I had a down ass home beat up. Like, it's just a simple story. I packed a nine and my nigga packed a 45. Like, but it, it was simple stuff, but it's just how he wrote the beat that made it so much. So, pour out a little liquor. And, uh,. Young niggas off of uh, uh, Me Against the World. Because he's talking about Yummy Sandifer. And it's crazy because I always tell people the Yummy Sandifer story. I remember I found out about it when I was in fourth grade. Um, and, you know, I didn't know who Yummy Sandifer was. But we had a, a, a guest speaker come in and talk to us about Yummy Sandifer. And if you're not familiar with Yummy Sandifer story, you can look it up. But I want to say Robert was his real name. But Yummy was his name because he was like a little kid. He was a kid. He was in the GDs, I think up in Chicago, and he killed somebody, and it made front page news with his like baby face because he killed somebody, and then the police were looking for him, and the gang thought he was gonna snitch, so the gang killed the little boy. And it was like front page news. And Pac made the song, and I guess his thing was, he was trying to warn like the young dudes, like, you ain't got a gang bang, like, he's like, you could be a lawyer, you could do all this other stuff, you know, get out the streets. And, um, if you kind of know, he kind of had some moments where Pac tried to speak out against different gang members when he did concerts. Like, uh, was it was it Spice One was talking about a time where Pac stood up. You can look at the Vlad interview. Spice One was talking about a time where Pac stood up to the gang and was like getting into an argument with calling them like cowards for like some kid or something that got killed at a concert. And so he's always he always had that activist spirit. But young niggas is just a classic. Uh, it's a classic song to me. That's one of my favorites, you know. So, but with that being said, you know, rest in peace to the legendary Tupac Shakur. He would have been 48 this year, so you know he'd be 50. The you know he'd have been 50 in two years, and you know I think that just talks about how he's definitely gonna always be immortal. And he, and the, the fact that the young kids can relate to him is important. The thing that I hate sometimes is that. We focus more on the thug persona as opposed to who he was as a complete rounded individual. But that's an argument for another day. But with that being said, happy 10th anniversary, J. Cole. Thank you for that project, bro. Happy 48th um, birthday, Tupac. Peace.